Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And today on the Live Healthy podcast, we speak to Mohammed Hindawi. Mohammed is an athlete and he's something that's kind of rare in the meat-loving Arab world. He's a vegan. We talked to him about why he made the switch, about launching his company, Mr. Vegan Emmy, what went into his exhaustive search for the perfect protein powder, and more. Welcome to the Live Healthy Podcast. Today we are talking to Mohammed Hindawi. He is Mr. Vegan. You may know him from Instagram. He's, um, well, he's a vegan in Abu Dhabi and he appeared on uh, probably, well, the most famous Arab vegans show, uh, Bassam Yusuf, Ask, ba- Ask Bassam, earlier this year. And so uh, welcome. Welcome, Mohammed. Thank you. I appreciate it. Delighted and honored to be here. People think of, uh, well, first of all, we'll get into this because it's super hard being a vegan in the Arab world. And uh, you're also an athlete. So you're, uh, you've been a boxer and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter and you're obviously in shape. So can you just walk me a little bit through how, you, how this came about? Um, well, initially, back home in Egypt, we, we don't have a separation between Muslim and Christian. We're all one society. So my Christian friends, they fast with me in Ramadan which is basically uh, intermittent fasting for long hours. And then for Lent, for the birth of Christ, um, I started fasting with them. And what they do is they basically go vegan. And when I went vegan with them, my gym results just started started shooting through the roof. I started getting way bigger. I started lifting weights that I know I wouldn't be able to lift unless I jump on a testosterone replacement treatment course. Not that I ever had it, but I was like, I know where my roof is. I could never exceed that. But I did. And I had a vegan Brazilian friend at the time who was living with me in Egypt. And I was like, Lucas, how's the, you're the only vegan I know. How's this happening? And he started explaining to me. But even more um, lucky for me, his approach was always read. Go online and read. It's a science. It's not just a diet. Go online and read. Go find why people are vegan. And I went from that to going back to eating meat. Like I did the, the fasting period, which was around 55, 60 days, um, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken. And then I went back to eating meat just to see the difference. So, oh, when I went vegan, I was sleeping really quickly. I was waking up super energetic. I was lifting so well at the gym. And when I went back to eating meat, I started being a sloth in the morning. I started finding it difficult to go to sleep. And the moment the weight started going down, that's when I said, no, you don't touch my weights. I'm not, I'm not going. This is the biggest indicator I could ever have. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So I tried uh, vegetarian. And that didn't work. And then I tried uh, piscatarian and that was awful. Four days of just oily fish. And I was like, no, I I just cannot. Um, And I had a new year resolution that I'll wait till the end of the year to go vegan. And then I was like, why am I waiting? If I know it's good for me and I'm still losing weights at the gym, which is what matters to me. I was like, no, I'm 
I'm going, I'm going back immediately. And then I started reading more into the ecological effects and the uh, socioeconomic effects and the pollution and all that stuff. And I was like, the animals, of course, are the reason why I'm still vegan now. And yeah, I've, I haven't, haven't turned my back since. Not a single cheat meal. <laughs> oh, wow. Have you had pushback from family and friends or what's that like for you? Yeah, big time. Um, for someone who used to sacrifice the fish or kill the fish, as I, uh, sorry, uh, sacrifice the sheep or kill the sheep, as I like to call it in aid, um, as part of a family heritage thing that, oh, uh, in, on your passage to manhood, we have, we have a, in the family a passage to manhood, there are certain things that you need to start doing on your passage to manhood. And one of them was you need to start attending and participating in the sacrifice of the sheep or killing the sheep. So I got a lot of kickback on that. And then my friends looked at me, they're like, come on. Come on, Hinda, who are you doing this for? You, you're the biggest meat eater we know. You're the one who used to go to Fuddruckers and have one and a half pound burger with a, with a farm of French fries. And, and I was still f- relatively fit or in my head, or that standard back in the time I was fit, but I wasn't, not compared to now. But everybody's like, dude, come on. We finish the gym every day. We go down, we eat a massive burger, beef burger, and we go home. So you don't want to tell me you're going to change? Come on, bro. Who's behind this? Which girl is behind this? And I'm like, there's nobody behind this. Um, not that kind of guy. And basically, it's just a kickback from everyone. My dad was like, what do you... And my dad is a botanist. That's, that's the irony. My dad is a world-renowned botanist. He's one of the best in his field. Um, I'm getting daily emails from Google Scholar for people citing his, his studies. Um, and he's still, he's still kicked back on it. He's like, why do you mean we would go vegan? I was like, that, you know, it's better for me. He's like, yeah, I know. But tradition and culture and manhood means we eat meat. I was like, yeah, dad, but you know about cholesterol, you know about blood pressure, you know all the side effects. He's like, yeah, I know. But it's culture. It's manhood. We have to eat it. I was like, Baba, I love you. But And he, he has started helping me out a lot because he's an amazing man. And every time, every time I'll go to him with a question, he would never refrain from answering. He's still, he would still tell him, like, I think what you're doing is wrong. But he would still explain everything to me. He's, he's a lovely man. Um, and yeah, then you start going to the gym and people are like, oh, wait, you can't be aggressive when you're vegan. And I understand where's that coming from. Because most of the vegans are these hippies, yogis, all about spirituality. And I'm like, no. We're not a bunch of hippies. That's not the case. If you look at the most notorious MMA fighter, Conor McGregor, the one that everybody knows, he's basically the Ronaldo of the MMA. He was beaten by a vegan, Nate Diaz. So whenever I go to my gym or any other gym, they're like, because everybody calls me vegan. Like I got, I earned the nickname Mr. Vegan at the gym. So they're like, oh, how's this guy training for three, four hours straight? How's he doing that? And I was like, yeah, it's just, just my diet, guys. I'm vegan. So they started calling me Mr. Vegan. Um, so every time, like, you can't be hard and be vegan. And I'm like, look at ideas. Look at Jermaine Defoe. Look at Lewis Hamilton. Look at all these athletes. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you eat then? Like, what is your diet like? Uh, mornings are normally a smoothie before my first uh, workout. So I have um, a cup of oats. I would have a, a scoop of protein. I would have a cup of chia seeds or, a, sorry, um, a cup of uh, pumpkin seeds. 
I would have a little bit of shea seed sometime, but I refrain from that because it's very hard to clean um, from the blender, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Everyone's like, you have to try shea seeds. I'm like, no, oh, no, no. It's, it's, it's a headache to clean. Yeah, they clean, they just clean everything, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would just add some, um, just some dates in there or some fruits or some bananas or something just to make, just to get that sugar kick in the morning. And I head straight to the gym. Now, how many grams of protein is that? That's like 50, 60 grams, just in the breakfast, right? And then lunch, lunch is around easy 100, 120 grams because I have, I mix it up. I don't eat the same thing every day. I, I, actually, I, I go very standard for one week. Like for one week, I'll eat the same thing every day. It's calculated. So I do the calculation one time and then I'm good. Um, I'm committed in that way. I know it's boring for people, but for me, I'm like, I don't care. Just get the results. Um, so I got the vital weak gluten, hundred grams of it will have 80 grams of protein. Then I have a cup of peas steamed. I'll have some okra steamed. I'll have some green beans steamed. I'll have some peas and carrots and these mixed frozen vegetables. I'll have some broccoli. I'll have some Brussels sprouts, just any of that mix it up a little bit to make sure that I'm getting my 200 grams of protein per day. And I'm good with some steamed rice or even some pasta. Like right now, I'm competing in June, so I still have time to eat carbs. I'm fine. So I'm eating pasta almost on a daily basis. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you burn it. Or when I'm trying to cut weight, then I'm going to jump on the steamed rice for a little bit before I completely cut the carbs out. But yeah, it's just that simple. At night, I come back, just have some nuts, and I'm good. So you two meals a day? Three, three meals a day. I still have dinner, but dinner is basically leftovers from lunch. It's just okay, that simple. <laughs> I think the sound just clipped a bit. So what's the protein that you have at lunch? Do you have some? It's just vegetables. Just vegetables. Vital wheat gluten and vegetables. I try to refrain away from, from beans as much as possible. Not that there is anything wrong with it. Just not my preference. What are you saying? Vital free gluten? Vi vital, as in vitality. Vital. Vital wheat gluten. I got yeah. it. What yeah. is that? So vital wheat gluten is basically inside the wheat uh, granules themselves. There is a very specific part that is full of protein. So they isolate it from the wheat granules and then they turn it into powder form. I, ca I can show it to you if you like. I have, a, I have it right here. Is you it want like to have a look? This, sure, yes, bring it. Yeah, let me, let me bring it for you. Just a second. Hello. So this is how I, so this is one of the things that I sell on my website. This is the vital wheat gluten. So this is the pressurized powder form, right? And then you take a hundred grams of it. This is how it would look when you get it out of the bag. Um, let me make a mess here. It looks like a very thin powder. Yeah. Kind of so like very, a very, yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is how it would look like. How do you eat that? You basically just add a cup of it with I think a quarter cup of baking powder. So you make it like a bread dough, right? Then you go through the whole process. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'll have to over that later. Sorry about that. Didn't close it the right way. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I but think you have so... with powder uh, all over your lap. Yes. Yes. My shorts are not, not red anymore. That's not a problem. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you basically make a dough out of it and then... You add whatever herbs and spices you want to it. Then um, you basically boil some vegetable broth or just water, however you like it. And then you add, you cut the vital wheat gluten into smaller pieces, add it to the boiling, um, to the boiling uh, vegetable broth. 
and then let it simmer for like an hour. And that way you get these little nice chunky meat texture like vital wheat gluten bits. And then that's how the restaurants in Dubai make the, uh, the sorry, the vegan steak out of it. They make, we made the vegan shrimp with it. They make the vegan fish fingers, whatever it's going to be, vital wheat gluten is the way to go. And at the same time, I've just poured on myself like 300 grams of, of vital wheat gluten now. So just 100 of that has 80 grams of protein. So I've just dropped 240 grams of protein here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd said, don't show it to me. <laughs> no, that's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> okay, so that's, what, that's how you get your protein. Uh, how do you feel about these um, Beyond Burger, Beyond Meats, Impossible Meats and substitutes? What's your take on that? Well, I, I'm. I think it 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 takes away a lot from the the benefits of being vegan. So people who want to, I want to transition slowly into veganism, and I'm like, uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, so they start buying all these Beyond Meats, right? Now, when you look at when you look at the back of the pack itself, how many ingredients do you actually know? right so and and that was my problem with it it's because yes it's it has protein and yes it tastes good and everything but we're saying no to animal farming because of the pain of the animals and all the chemical processing that goes with it the antibiotics the hormones all that stuff but now that veganism is going mainstream we have this brand that's getting endorsed by all these celebrities and you're like hmm that's never a good thing when non-vegan celebrities or even vegan celebrities endorse a product and you read the back and it's just full of chemicals. I don't like that, which is why I went on the hunt until I found the vegan meat that I sell. I get it from, uh, from Texas. And when you look at the ingredients, it's just one item. It says texturized pea protein. Do we know what peas are? Do we know what pea protein is? Yes, that's exactly it. So it's minced meat that is texturized pea protein. It has no chemicals, no preservatives, no soy, nothing. It's just pea protein. And it's 40 grams of protein per serving. So it works in my favor. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's why I brought it to the UE. And I was like, this, you, have, you have two things. You can either get it naturally from foods that you can digest so easily and that way you feel that surge of energy because digestion is not difficult or you can go eat all these chemicals and then your digestive system really isn't feeling any different and then two three months later you're hearing the code oh i went vegan but it didn't just work for me well for a goddamn reason so people load up on i mean there's loads of these products not to single these meats are you know, relatively new, but there's loads. You can just see when you go to the natural store, all the products were labeled vegan. And then I guess a lot of people think that's what they need to do when they go vegan. What was your diet like before when you ate meat? Oh, <laughs> um, okay. So I used to have six eggs for breakfast with cheese, mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup. I used to have peanut butter sandwiches, honey sandwiches, and jam sandwiches, strawberry jam sandwiches. That's just the breakfast. I used to eat like an animal. Um, for lunch, it was always some massive meal. I used to eat a pack of pasta with half a chicken or a pack, not, not half a pack, a whole pack of... Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, I used to eat like an animal. I used to eat, I, I, that's why my hormones were mixed up as well. I used to eat a lot of chicken and a lot of eggs. And nobody told me that that's just full of estrogen. It's not good for you, young man. Nobody ever came to me with that advice. Um, 
which is putting a lot of responsibility on my shoulders at the gym with, with the youth looking up to me. It's like, I want to be strong like vegan. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's talk, bro. Let's talk, young man. But yeah, so that was lunch. And then dinner was the same thing. Dinner was whatever it was going to be, whether it's going to be uh, fish, uh, fried fish or barbecued fish or meat, just endless amount of food. I used to eat something like 3,000, 4,000 calories a day, which explains why I used to spend a lot of hours in the gym. So it sounds like when you compare those two diets, you were eating sugar, uh, you know, like it's just sounds like the meat is part of it, but then you also took out a lot of complicating factors, processing sugars. Can you just speak to that a little bit? Cause your diet now sounds like just super clean and <laughs> yeah, say it's neat, but it has to also have something to do with change in what you ate. Yeah, I mean, back in the time when I wasn't vegan, I used to eat a lot of desserts as well, like the the Middle Eastern desserts, you know, we're big on that. Well, every country is big on its own desserts, but for me, I was big on Egyptian desserts. And in Ramadan, I used to eat on daily basis after breaking fast a whole kilogram of something we call atayf, which is like these dumplings, like the Asian dumplings, but sweeter and it's full of honey, nuts and uh, liquid sugar. Uh, sugar syrup right but when i went vegan i started realizing like oh that's why i used to be very heavy and right now i barely have any sugar if i'm gonna have sugar it's gonna be natural through a fruit in the morning smoothie and that's it um every now and then if i achieved a milestone and i'm feeling a little bit happy i'll consume one of my vegan candy that's it like i i get the vegan candy because people they still have cravings and i'm like let me let me let me fix that for you so Okay. That's when the sour strips come in handy. Yeah, I saw those. Um, okay, so um, tell me, okay, so what you, when you moved to, what did you, just to go back into how you launched your business, when did you move to the Middle East and why did you move to Abu Dhabi? Um, well, I was living in Egypt uh, for 12, 14 years in a row. I was born in England, but I'm Egyptian, so I, I grew up in Egypt. And at some point, I just decided to move out of the country, want to seek new opportunities, see how far I can go in a different environment. And I moved with PwC at the time uh, for six years in uh, Abu Dhabi, for five years in Abu Dhabi. That was fun. And then after working 16, 20 hours a day, I was like, I need to get a life. I'm not doing this the right way. <laughs> so I moved out. I got a job as a compliance manager, lost it with COVID. But ahead of that, I had started my business when I when for the first time in a 10 years career, I had a nine to five job. Like I'm a work at eight, nine maximum. And I leave at five and I'm like, wait, I have seven more hours in the day. <laughs> I go out and the sun is still out there. That didn't happen for 10 straight years. And I'm like, hmm. So I start, I thought, what struggles or what problems do I have as a vegan? And I was like, well, one, the vegan community is very weak. Uh, from a manhood, masculine, tough perspective. I don't know anybody who's doing the sports that I do, but I'm sure someone is out there, but we just need to connect with one another. So I needed that networking part. And then I was like, oh, all the meats are unhealthy meats. Like all the vegan meat is unhealthy. It's full of chemicals. So I started hunting till I found that clean one, Longev, which is what I sell. And then I thought, okay, vegan proteins, they're all from non-vegan companies. And it's always whether the texture is bad or the flavor is bad or you got that sandy texture or it's full of chemicals or it's too sweet. And I was like, right, let me buy every single 
brand of protein and try out. So for every month for like, I think it was a year and a half or two years, I just tried everything in the world. Literally, I didn't care what the country is, if it's German, Canadian, American, Australian, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to try it until I find a good one. And when I found a good one, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Now, now I'm starting the company. This is going to be my, my main uh, my side hassle until I lost my job became my, my main hassle. And then I looked at the candy and I was like, oh, vegan candy. It's either it's too gummy, like the texture is weird, or it's too damn sweet. You're like, oh, this is, yeah, this is going to stick to my teeth. And as a kid, I used to love sour strips, which I don't know if you have them in Canada, but, but in England, my dad used to bring them back all the time. Sorry? I love anything sour, and those are hard to find. <laughs> well, I got you back. I've got yep. you. That's that's the point. We didn't have anything vegan, and I fixed that. So I'll make sure. If you're in Abu Dhabi, I'll make sure I drop pack. Uh, drop a pack by. Um, yeah, you have my word. Um, so that was it. It's just finding gaps in the vegan world and filling them. That was the whole thing. Everybody's making recipes. Everybody's opening restaurants now, which is amazing. But it's the small gaps. I need a quality protein. I need a protein supplement that has a proper chain of amino acids. Because I always say it's not about the quantity of protein. It's about also the quality of the protein, the quality of the chain of amino acids. And we didn't have that with the vegan products um, back in the days when I went vegan seven years ago. So, Well, I'm with you on that vegan protein. But I'm not vegan. I'm, I'm vegan-ish. And I like to have the protein powder be vegan because why not? And um, I'm just curious how many you tried because oh like goodness. there's so many on the market and there's so many that are shockingly bad. That you well, you know, so well, you now know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how you got to the right one, but how many did you try? Do you think? Um, not less than 40 or 50 different brands. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's like a terrible, I don't know how people, are you, sorry, I just can't believe that people create the vegan protein powder and sell it and then you buy it and it's horrid. Like how is it still on the market? <laughs> well, it's, it's all PR. Like if, I'm not sure if I should mention names of companies or not. I don't want to get your, uh, your channel in oh, trouble. Yeah. Probably not. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll only mention mine. Free advertising. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so what happened is, what happens is the following. These big brands, even if you look at one of the most vegan, notorious vegan milks, just like the, comp the vegan protein companies, uh, sorry, the non-vegan protein companies, what they do is, oh, we did market research because we have a lot of money. We've been in the industry for 10, 20 years. And what's happening is these vegans, they buy protein, for this number of millions of dollars per year so we have the facilities like the difference between if i try to produce and them producing if i try to produce i need money for the capital the assets the production lines the the knowledge the uh, what do you call them the the food the, what, what do you call them? like the ingredients manufacturers and architects like people who create the flavor I need to find money for all of that. But for them, they already have everything in place. So they just said, what do we need to do? Oh, we, just, we already have all these raw, raw ingredients as well. So we're just going to mix it up, stack a logo on it that says vegan and sell it. We don't really care about them. We're not going to go vegan as a, as a supplements company. We just want to share. We just want a chunk. We just want a bite of that market. And that's what they do. So for them, they don't really care about the quality. They don't care about anything. One specific company that I have on mind, they flooded the market three years ago 
literally flooded every every sports store, every gym, every cycling studio. They just had their green packs, and it's way cheaper than mine. But when you look at the quality, it was bad. It doesn't blend properly. And even more, because it was pea protein based, it didn't really have a good chain of amino acids. didn't have a complete portfolio. And you can always tell, I'll give you a small trick. When you go to when you go to a supplements shop, check the back and check if they have the amino acids written or not. Because the brands that know that they have a bad chain of amino acids, they never mention the amino acids. Think about it from a marketing perspective. All my brands have amino acids, a long list of amino acids on the back. Why? Because we know we have a good product and we're going to market as such. But those who don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. What one did you end up uh, going with and, and why? Well, initially I had conscious muscle supplements from uh, the US and it was really good. It blended. It was the first one that I come across that blended well. Uh, it was super clean, 100% vegan company. They had the same um, ethical, how do I put this nicely? Ethical drive as I am because they donate 10% of their profits to animal sanctuaries and I do the same as well. Um, so we had a good connection and it was going really well. The business was well, but we faced some hurdles and things that have continued. So I jumped on to another brand in Australia. It, it went amazing. The second I started getting big quantities, last shipment I got from them sold out in three days. It was that good. But unfortunately, they were not ready to um, fulfill overseas orders. So I had to stop with them. And it's a shame. But now... I have a better one and it sold out two hours from listing it so two hours yeah white wolf is amazing white wolf is amazing like they have three patents just for the uh, the protein so people tend to give you the what do you call it like the whole green supplement separately like the mix of all the vitamins and the minerals and everything that you need in a supplement and then you have the vegan protein in a different supplement but now we got these two separately and we have the two of them combined in a third one. And then we have a clean pre-workout uh, with less chemicals. It's so easy to ingest and it lasts longer through the workout. So you don't get that kick at the beginning with the caffeine and then in the hot middle of your workout, you crash. No, we don't. We, that doesn't happen with us. So it's a very clean blend with three trademarks to ensure the quality. We have three trademarks just for what we add to it. Okay. And explain the amino acids so people know. Like you were talking a little bit about, you've got to see that, but why? Well, amino acids, well, protein is formed of a chain of amino acids, right? And the reason humans decided to consume animals at some point is because they have similar amino acids to what we have, because they're made of flesh, we're made of flesh, and humans said, oh, I can get my amino acids from there. But the quality of the chain of amino acids, um, where can I get one of my proteins? All right, I can't say, and I don't wanna, don't wanna interrupt the interview. Yeah. Sorry. But basically, if if you look at, there are some proteins that are easy to ingest, and some proteins that are quicker to ingest. So if you look at, like, for example, uh, the BCAAs products, a basic chain of amino acids that are sold separately, it's made out of um, three kind of amino acids: leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And these three specific amino acids are very easy for the body to ingest and feed straight to the muscle. So people are doing long workouts, endurance workouts, and they don't want to consume a scope of protein that will take a little bit to consume. 
and to ingest, they say, no, I'll take the BCAs during the long, like half marathons and all that stuff, because it will be easy to ingest, make sure that I don't pull any muscles. So it's, and then you got proteins for tissue recovery, you got proteins for muscle recovery, you got proteins for different functions in the body. So that's why whenever someone says, why, like, why should I mix up my protein source? I'm like, bro, it's not about just the what the quantity. You need to make sure that you're getting enough proteins. You got the um, what do you call them? the basic chain of amino acids. You got the essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids, and every single one of them has a different function for the body. So it's either you're going to consume just peas every day, bro, but I'm feeling some difficulty in training. I'm like, yeah, because you're only consuming protein. Like you don't eat red meat only every day, right? You're going to miss out on all the vitamins and minerals and the fruits and vegetables and all the other sources. So you have to mix it up. That's why if I want to go vegan, I'm not just going to eat cashews and nuts. They're full of protein, but I'm not just going to live on that. doesn't make sense. I need to mix up to make sure I get quality amino acids. Amino acids are just the breakdown of the protein. Okay. And um, what other products do you have? I noticed some cool things on there. When I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, so I've got the um, vegan protein, I've got the vegan pre-workout, I've got Longev, which is the minced meat that is made of nothing except one chemical, sorry, not one chemical, one ingredient, which is texturized pea protein. It has 40 grams of protein per, per serving, and it's amazing. It's flavorless, so you can mix it up however you like and add whatever spices you want, and we've managed to make some great dishes with it. And then I thought, um, I've got a vital weight gluten. So for every 100 grams, you've got 80 grams of protein. And each pack is actually half a kilo, 500 grams. So you're getting a pretty good quantity here. Um, and then we go further from there. I've got, what else? I'm just looking around. I've got the loose unicorn coffee. Ooh, what's going on? Oh, here? yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It's from my friend's actual coffee fields around the world. Like he owns the coffee fields. So it's quality, quality. Uh, we've got the candy. Nice, candy. The, Tell me candy. That. Yeah, I'm leaving that till the end. Candy. So we all get sugar cravings, and every now and then I'm like, mm, I want to nibble on some. So I got this sour strips candy, and it comes in seven different flavors, and it's super sour. I mean, it's great based on the flavor, but it's super sour. It's super sour. We got the mango, raspberry, strawberry, apple, rainbow, which is like a cocktail of everything. And then we've got the uh, cherry coming up very, very soon. And we've got the pink lemonade. Oh, amazing. So yeah. I think probably people don't know that when you eat regular candy, what's in it? Just candy will never be natural. Like all these people saying, ah, oh, but candy is not. I checked your candy and it's not healthy. I'm like, it's candy. It's <laughs> candy. If you want to eat healthy, go grab a banana, right? Use it however you want. But it's candy, dude. It's candy. It's, it's, it's candy. And it's, the difference is this one didn't have any animals. Do you know how, do you know how actual candy is made? Because I saw that. Well, this is the thing. I've never wanted to watch those videos because I don't, sometimes I don't <laughs> want to But I know that there's like cartilage and like gro really gross parts of the animal are in the candy, well, right? worse worse so I've, I've seen it myself because i used to audit farms being a vegan in a consulting company um i was challenged to the point that they used to send me to slaughterhouses to um yeah they used to send the vegan guy specifically to the slaughterhouses they used to send me to the uh, tannery uh, factories in the ue 
And in Egypt, they used to send me to farms. So they used to try to agit- trying to get the anger out of me or trying to trap me by saying, oh, let's send the vegan. Let's see, I was going to react. Let's break it. I was like, I know what I can do to you. I'm not going to get angry, bro. I know I can. Easy. Right? <laughs> so I don't get angry. I'm like, eh, I know what I can do to you. But basically, after they take away the meat and the organs, uh, all the useful organs that they can sell for money and all that stuff, you have the, the remains of the cow or what they call in Arabic, which is like just literally the remains of the cow. So that's the skin, the bones, the, whatever cartilages that cannot be sold, the horns, all that stuff. And they keep them in these big containers. Sorry? Oops. Everything, hoofs, everything, everything that cannot be eaten. Because like back home, we eat from the brain to the tail. We eat everything that is digestible. The eyes, balls, everything, right? Um, but whatever is left that cannot be sold or cannot be eaten, they would sell it to these candy uh, companies. And they add a lot of acid to it to basically melt it down to this gooey texture. And then sell it for packs for children. So, so yeah. super, it's not just the sugar, it's like super inflammatory because they've added all this other stuff yeah. to it. Grab um, a bag of candy, of, mm-hmm. of like these non-vegan candy, and read what's on the back. If you can find one natural item, one item, then yeah, um, I don't know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you've had a long history when you were a consultant and working in this. What's your education? What, what did you study in school? I graduated from accounting and commerce. Um, I did risk and compliance, financial auditing, data analytics, cybersecurity, forensics. I created the uh, cybersecurity framework for the Central Bank of Kuwait and the Kuwaiti government. Um, I've done some forensics for some royal families across the region. So my background is not really candy. It was a lot of technical stuff, but (laughs) but I, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to focus on my purpose and focus on this veganism and how how much I believe in it and how, how much I believe it can change the world and feed a lot more people that are dying of starvation on my continent back in Africa. I'm like, we can fix this. Just like, yeah, we can feed way more. And that's always been my message. Like guys, in Ramadan, when we give away food, we can feed way more people if we avoid buying meat and eggs and ghee to the poor. And instead, just give them more legumes and give them more rice and give them more, you know, vegetables. We can feed way more people. So what are we doing? You said you don't eat beans and that's just a personal choice. Is that, do they not agree with you or do you? Um, what's, what's the age restriction here? Age restriction? Yeah. Is it plus 13 show plus 18 show? Yeah. I don't think there's any kids listening. I fart a lot when I eat beans. <laughs> Screw that. Well, <laughs> Let's give it PG here. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. fart a lot on hate beans. Yeah. It's the crazy. So, no, I don't want to. No. Magical fruit. That's anymore. what we call them in um, Canada. There's like, uh, you know, beans, beans, and magical fruit. The more you eat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, growing up, I used to watch that movie, Thunderpants, something Thunderpants, which is <laughs> an English kid eating um, white beans and just <laughs> farting until he made it to the opera. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like beans because of that. No, screw that. <laughs> yeah, well, you met Basim Musa earlier this year. You were on his show, Ask Basim. What was that like? Yeah, I was hosted on his show. He's a lovely person. He's he's a role model. He's a personal role model for me and for every vegan now. He's been a role model for me for years. It's been easy around 10 years now. He, he did so much for my country, and that's why for me he was always a hero. And then luckily we both went vegan the same year, and, and I didn't know him at the time. 
I didn't even know he was vegan, skipping it from everyone, apparently. Um, but years later, he came to Abu Dhabi and I was like, yeah, I see you're in town. Let's just meet up. And we, we met up and we became friends from there. And I was like, oh, he's vegan. I'm vegan. I was like, all right, cool. Sorry? Did you go out somewhere and eat? Yeah, yeah. I took him to my friend's place, uh, Sweet Greens in Abu Dhabi. They have a yeah. whole vegan menu. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you can find my candy there. So next time you order from them. I do it today. <laughs> okay, you took him to Sweet Greens. Cool. And what, um, Abbasim, I think he went uh, vegan because a friend of his uh, had MS or something and he basically healed himself. Isn't that right? And he was, yes. he went vegan overnight because he was so impressed. Yeah, he, um, as, as a surgeon and as a doctor, he, he thought that that disease has just, there's no way to fix it. And then when he realized how his friend fixed it at the time was just changing his diet and changing his eating habits, he's like, whoa, why is that happening? He's such a curious person. He didn't fight it back saying, oh, you got lucky or it's God's will or any of that stuff that we, we hang our excuses on. And he just, he just looked at it and he's like, I need to read the science behind this. And he started reading into it. Um, and he's such a, he's such an inspiring person that for him, it was like, it would be a shame if I know this and I know this amount of science and I don't share the message across with a lot of people. He knows he has a strong following. He knows people appreciate him and admire him. And he's like, I can reach out to more people. And his message is always, if I can help one more person out of that show and all the effort that we put for just one person, it's worth it. That's how amazing he is. And even like when, when him and I were talking, I was like, yeah, I had blood hypertension issues because of all the meat and milk that I used to consume before I went vegan. And when I went vegan, I, all my blood hypertension issues were fixed. I didn't take any pills. I didn't do anything. I was suffering for a very long time. And when I went vegan, it's just disappeared. And I'm like, how is this happening? Then I realized I was eating a lot of meat and consuming a lot of milk and it was screwing up my hormones and screwing up my blood pressure. So. Okay. So none of those problems. I love that he, um, so for people who don't know, Bassam Yusuf is like a satirist. He's, um, he doesn't, he lives in the U.S. now. Is he able yeah. to be in Egypt? Is he able to go back to Egypt or? Mm -hmm. No, preferably <laughs> right. no, preferably no. No, next to us, preferably no. He had a show and then it was sort of, he was put off the air because he used his humor to sort of criticize. Tickling giants. We, we call it Tickling Giants. That's the, that's the name of his movie as well. Um, he, he was basically Tickling Giants. Um, he was the only man with the courage to tickle the giants. And he did. And he did an amazing job. Um, I love and his... Sorry, I was just going to say, I just love a doctor saying like, okay, I'm going to turn everything I know upside down. Everything I believe upside down. And like you said, the... it's a <laughs> That's that's just the amazing person that he is. Like he's a surgeon with wife and a kid. Um, he comes from a very very decent family. God bless his parents' souls. Um, and he's just like yeah, he's he was a big fan of John Stewart, and he's like yeah, screw it, I'm I'm gonna be John Stewart of the Middle East. And he's just hilarious. He's so witty. He's so witty. And he did a great job. But when you tickle giants, you know what's gonna happen next. And he was smart enough to. Um, to walk out just in time. He stayed for so long. He, actually, not just in time. He stayed for way longer than anybody in his place would have. He, he had that amount of courage. But he's, he's just an amazing person. Um, I completely believe in his message. And I was interviewed by... I even sent him some of the interviews before we became friends. 
I was like, this is a link to my interview with BBC World News about you. This is my link to my interview with Radio Slovakia, Radio and Television Slovakia about, about you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, next time we will meet up. And I was like, yeah, bro, let's do it. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he went from there to moving to Dubai for a year or two. And then he moved to the US. Now he's doing his um, Plant BTV YouTube channel show. And then he took it from there. He started Ask Bassem. Both of them are about veganism. He's doing stand-up comedy around uh, all over the US at uh, the Improv which for me is like a dream. So he's always like, he's always like 10 steps ahead of me. And I'm like, I'm getting there. Don't worry about it. I'm, 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 I'm going to catch up. But <laughs> it's just that inspiration. I'm like, I've been dreaming of the improv since I was a kid. And then now he is just having all these shows at the improv. And I'm like, I bless you, man. Like, I, I respect him. But now we're just doing this whole veganism in Arabic. So all these documentaries that are in English, him and his team, they broke it down to bits and they started covering them per topic. So we want to talk about diabetes. Let's talk about diabetes in Arabic and the figures in the Middle East and how we can tackle it. And then he starts to tackle it from a cultural perspective, what we eat, what we don't eat. And he started interviewing the same people, uh, the same doctors, the same physicians in all these amazing documentaries from Forks Over Knives and whatever else, right? What the health, everything. Um, I even have one of the books here. <laughs> from the documentaries of course you could see the powder all over my shorts sorry about that uh dr aaron spitz Ooh, the penis book it's a must read it's a must read this book is a must so this is sorry oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, i mean i mean come on come on (laughs) look at this (laughs) it's uh it's just one of the it's a talker too if it's on your uh coffee table sorry in that book that's going to get some attention if it's sitting on your coffee table i have an entire section that catches attention here but that's a that's a different topic i've got some really um controversial book section in my library so yeah <laughs> well okay we're so you, people can watch that show on youtube that episode of ask Passum, so i'll put it in the yes. show and, yeah it's yeah sorry go ahead sorry what was that experience like it was amazing it was amazing it was like you go to an event and you have 200 people in the room mostly vegan and vegan athletes so it was good to go to a place where you don't have to explain yourself for a change you don't have to go oh wait you're vegan you're too big to be vegan bro and i'm like oh everybody here is vegan um we had a vegan family uh auntie saskia her husband rob who's an amazing man oh my goodness um we had auntie saskia uncle rob her son and her daughter, Coach Michelle and Coach Maup, they're both uh, plant-based and PTs in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai. And it's just everyone. We had Zara, um, super sweetie. She's an incredible person. We had Nabs and G. We had uh, the rest of the vegan restaurant in Dubai. We had uh, Naomi Mendes from the Miss Argentina, the, the freaking beauty. Um, she's a good friend of mine. Um who else we just had incredible people all around the room and everybody's vegan and everybody's healthy and it's amazing experiences um and i had the pleasure of meeting my former colleague from pwc she's a she's a director or partner now adnock or something and she's vegan for so many years now and she's just her kids eat well her husband is admiring and he he went there just to you know get to know more about veganism and see other people and be able to measure it and He's an incredible human being as well. I have an entire book section in my library just for him. And it's just an amazing experience. And sitting with Bassem 
that energy, that aura. He has something about him. And you have to meet him in person to feel that aura, that charm. Just sitting there, and he's just like sitting very comfortably there, a bit of a sloth in his seat. And he's just very charismatic and very focused and very composed. Um, no matter how many times people interview him, he's just so composed. He doesn't show emotion. Um, he doesn't react no matter how much you try to tease him. And it just brings more and more... Um, not pressure, I would say. It, it brings a lot more expectations from me in terms of um, accountability that people need to look at me. I started getting a lot more questions from a lot more people because they saw me on Bassam's channel. And they're coming to me, they're like, oh, bro, I want to go vegan. I saw you. I saw how big you are. You're two meters tall and you're vegan and you look like that. I want to know how. Oh, I'm planning to compete and I want to go vegan. Well, listen, that sounds like a really great experience. And I'm it's so nice to talk to you and talk to someone who's, I think a lot of people get turned off by vegans still because they feel like there's like a zealotry involved, like a, like a preachiness about it. Um, you know, you know, the way people, I, you deal with this every day because you yeah. face it more than most, but um, you're, how do you kind of combat that? Like what, it must be tiring, just the constant sort of. No, not really. Um, when you lead by example, like when, when you hold yourself accountable to your actions, like when you when you live every day knowing that you're going to be held accountable for your actions, you do your best at everything. So for me, nobody can come to me and say, vegans are weak. I'm like, bro, let's have a gym session right now. I'll, I can leg press 633 kgs for 12 reps on a fifth set. How much can you leg press, right? And they're like, oh, you can't do aggressive sports like uh, boxing or Muay Thai or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when you're vegan. I'm like, come to the gym. Come to the gym. Let's see whose stamina lasts longer. You can be more technical than I am. I could be more technical than you are. But at the end of the day, you're not going to outlast me. You're not going to outpace me. Um, so it just goes down to that. I don't have to do much. I'm like, dude, um, I get it a lot. Uh, vegan is not healthy. I'm like, bro, look at me and look at you. It's that simple. I don't even stress about it. I'm like, bro, look at you. Look at me. Look at the size of your shirt. It says equator. My shirt size says medium. So... <laughs> yeah. what are we doing <laughs> you get so that even eating. healthy eating you get people talking yeah. and you just feel like saying i don't even know why we're talking because you look you look like you're gonna keel over any minute and i i don't know um well listen thank you so much for walking us through this Appreciate and where, where can people find your products like where can they find um them? they can find them on www.mrvegan.me me short for middle east you can find us at Sook Planet as well across the UAE, Alain, Dafra, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and even my website delivers across the whole country and across the region. So if you see anything that you like, just hit me up on Instagram, which is mrvegan.me, and we will gladly talk about anything that you want, anything, any time of the day. Okay, amazing. He doesn't sleep. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.